You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Stark County, Andy Logan of Logan Sports in North Canton. Are you ready for some Buckeyes football? I sure am. And like the old saying goes, tradition never graduates. The Buckeyes are loaded with talent and ready to make a run at another Big Ten title and national championship. And Logan Sports is, again, Stark County's best location for all your OSU needs. From men's, women's, kids' apparel, hats and collectibles, to polos, jackets, and jewelry, Logan's is the place. Logan Sports is also your one-stop shop for Cleveland Browns gear as well. So if it's Buckeyes or the Browns, make it Logan Sports in North Canton. This is the Kenny and JT Show on News Talk 1480 WHBC. Thanks, Andy. And another tradition is Jeff Logan joining us to break down the Buckeyes and look ahead. So joining us right now from CBUS, the state capital, Jeff Logan. What's up, Jeffrey? Hey, guys. How you doing up there? Doing great, man. Great victory for the Buckeyes, man. A lot of people, not me, but somebody that I work with thought it might be a trap game. Talk about that victory at Purdue. Well, there was plenty of evidence going into that game based upon the history of Ohio State and the troubles that they've had in West Lafayette that I can see how certain people would be uh, maybe swayed into thinking that that was a trap game for Ohio State. And, you know, the interesting thing is with all of the bad news that was occurring five minutes before kickoff with this guy isn't going to play, mm-hmm. this guy didn't make the trip, this guy didn't play, and then you lose Chip Trainum, uh early in the football game, you know, the recipe was there for uh, Purdue to be able to make that happen. The problem is they stink. They are terrible. <laughs> and so there was no way this was going to be a trap game. Here's the thing, Jeff. I've been asking for Dallin Hayden for weeks now and found out they were trying to redshirt him. No offense to the other guys. I saw what he did last year, and for me, along with Trevion Henderson, he brings a burst of speed with that offensive line that is still trying to learn, right, that I thought that offense needed, and he went out and was a big factor in that win. Are we expected to see more of Dallin Hayden the rest of this year, or was that a one-game thing? Well, it'll be interesting to see, and I share the opinion uh, based upon what I saw last year as well as what I saw this past Saturday, and I've been shocked that we haven't seen him up until we got the announcement that they're trying to redshirt him. Now, you need to understand that the rules as they relate to redshirt are a lot different today than they've ever been Mm -hmm. before, and that he has four games that he can play in this year and still not burn that redshirt. So um, he played in one earlier this year. Obviously, the Purdue game is going to count as two. Uh, He will be ready to play on Saturday because I'm not sure what the status of Travion Henderson or Mayan Williams is going to be for the game. And I don't know what the status of uh, Chip Trainum is with what looked to be a concussion kind of injury. Jeff, we talk about the status, but watching the game, they never said what the injuries are. Well, Ohio State's not very forthcoming, number one. And you were relying on Peacock, number two. That's a problem. It was terrible. And you were, and third, you were relying on what had to be the worst announced team I have ever heard in college football a bunch of knuckleheads that are used to the NFL that weren't even prepared to do this game. Yeah, I, I'm with you bad. on that. And, and I'm just wondering, I was trying to watch Travion Henderson walk on the sidelines in that. 
Yeah, I'm guessing it's a low because I I do hockey, right? AHL hockey, and they either say upper body or lower body. So I'm trying to figure out at least what that is, and I'm I'm guessing it's a lower body injury of some sort. Do Do you have any uh, further information on that, Jeff, with Trevion Henderson? Yeah, I wish I did. I I think based upon what he had last year with that foot surgery that he had, um, I think it has to do with a, a high ankle sprain or his foot. Uh, okay. Still bothering him a little bit, and uh, I watched video of him uh, from people that were in the stadium at West Lafayette uh, that saw him out there running with the uh, team when they were out there just in shirts and shorts. And then when they went back in to put the equipment on, that's when he came back out in in street clothes. So uh, I saw him running; he looked like he was solid, but there must have been some pain there still. And I would agree with you; I think it's a lower body injury and we'll just have to see and hope that this kid is really healthy might be one of these things too that you said earlier if that team stinks so bad maybe you don't want to take a chance of getting this guy banged up a little bit and jeff i want you to talk a little bit about running styles because when i look at it and i watch train him run the ball looks like he's kind of like you know the old saying he runs like a bowling ball he's downhill he's looking to make contact dallin hayden may be a little bit more elusive am i right oh there's no question i think they are uh, two very different styles. I, I think Trainum, on the other hand, is is exceptional. He's deceptively fast, uh, but he's not quick. Does that make sense? I mean, you understand yeah. mm-hmm. that if he's running for the corner, I think he can outrun some people, uh, but he doesn't have the jump cut or the ability to maybe change direction like Dallin Hayden has the ability. So, um, I you know I really like uh, this kid, and I'll be curious to see what happens. You know, and it's in in this game coming up. Um, against a unbelievably good Penn State football team, statistically, um, you got to make sure you got all hands on deck and be ready to go. And the other thing I was really pleased with, guys, and I know you've all been uh, with a lot of fans very critical of uh, the the uh, lack of creativity in the short yardage mm-hmm. situations. Yeah. I was really pleased to see that they had worked on, developed, and employed a new package in the red zone with Devin Brown coming in there and. I thought it looked pretty good. Jeff, one of the yeah. notes that I wrote Just was... Just hold on to the football, Devin. That's all. One Sorry of my notes that. was exactly, exactly. a lot more misdirection, a lot of play action, and screen passes. And that was one of the things that I looked at uh, Ryan Day and thought, man, you need to implement this. Now, is the reason you do that the week before the Penn State game to make that team work a little bit harder this week in practice? Uh, yes and yes. Uh, you want to make them have uh, take time to prepare for things. But you also want to see what you have been working on in practice in a live setting. Mm. So um, I thought it was really important that Devin Brown got some live reps uh, running that. Not only that Penn State's got to prepare for it now, uh, but the other thing with Devin Brown, it's not a pure wildcat uh, short yardage, uh, if you will, offense. Because Devin Brown, as we know, has the ability to throw the football. So I think it's going to be an RPO package with him down there where Mm – you know, they may run him to one side or the other, but he's going to be looking downfield for the ability to throw the football as well as run it. Happy to have with us Jeff Logan, breaking down Ohio State football as only he can. Follow him on Twitter, at LoganJeff34. Jeff, Marvin Harrison, uh, to me, still one of the best players in the country. I know he's not going to win the Heisman this year, um, but he is still a player that can impact the game in in a big, big way. And he had another 100-yard receiving day, and he had a good battle, actually, with one of their defensive backs from Purdue and came out on top. But his uh, running mate, Emeka Abuka, did not 
participate in the game. How serious is that injury, and was that precautionary to get him ready for Penn State? I think it was absolutely precautionary there. Uh, uh, hopefully we'll be able to have him back. I don't have any inside information there. Uh, but I do believe that uh, from what I saw in the original injury that, you know, it was probably going to be a week to 10 days and he should be able to return. And, you know, against this Penn State defense, uh, you look at the numbers, uh, they are unbelievably impressive. Uh, they ought to be the number one team in the country if it was only based upon statistics. And I know that it's not, but they lead the country in pass defense. They lead the country in total sacks. Uh, they're number two in time of possession. They're number one in total defense. They're number two in turnover margin. They're number one in the country in passes intercepted, number one in passing yards allowed, number one on first downs defended against, rushing defense is number two, and their scoring defense is number two. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the only thing that could stop Penn State would be the coaching of James Franklin. Mm. Jeff Logan is being brought to us by Logan Sporting Goods, Main Street, North Canton. Jeff, I want to talk about recruiting for a second here. Take me back to when you were playing at North Canton Hoover. You get recruited. This is a big recruiting game that we know a lot of high school seniors will be lining the sidelines before the Buckeyes game. Take me back to when you're a kid, and I know you were a legacy, but how big of a deal is a game like this in the eyes of a recruit? Oh, it's huge. These, you know, not only because you realize it's a top five matchup, uh, but because you've got college game day that's going to be there. You've got, uh, you know, so much on the line as it relates to the Big Ten. And the one thing that I will tell you, when Ohio State and Notre Dame or Ohio State and Penn State matchup, the kids that are on the sideline of that home team that have those recruits there, you, you're recruiting every one of those kids that's on their sidelines. That's because they're a great program like Ohio State. Now, on the other hand, if you go to West Lafayette and play Purdue, they got their sideline lined with kids they're recruiting. Ohio State isn't recruiting a single kid that's looking at Purdue, yet in a Penn State-Purdue, Ohio State-Michigan, an Ohio State-Notre Dame game, you're recruiting every one of those kids, whether they're on your sideline or they're there visiting Penn State or Michigan or wherever it might be. Jeff, as we get ready for this Saturday's game, noon kickoff. Were you surprised that this was a nooner with Ohio State and Penn State and not a night game this year? Yeah, I think TV drove that more than anything else. I I would certainly be shocked if uh, we were going over there and it wasn't a evening kickoff because of uh, what they do over there with their whiteout and and how uh, amazing that uh, that that uh, crowd is over there during an Ohio State game at night, but. Um, I'm kind of pleased that this thing is a noon game. Ohio State has really dominated Penn State and games in the horseshoe. And uh, I think our kids will be ready regardless of when the kick's going to be. But, you know, prime time, first game of the, of the afternoon, uh, people are going to be having eyeballs all over this Ohio State-Penn State game. Jeff, when do they announce only, these? Oh, I'm sorry. Where do they announce these these kickoff times? Because for us, anyway, it would be a lot easier if we knew throughout the entire season what times. And you look at the schedule, TBD, to be determined. When do they make the announcement, or when do they have to make an announcement? In other words, do we know what time the Wisconsin game? We know Michigan State's going to be a night game. We know that team up north is always going to be at noon. But when do they let you guys know so you can make your schedules? Yeah, I wish that was uh, easy. You know, TV has a uh, one-week window that they have the opportunity to be able to identify when these kicks are going to be. And they did announce today, by the way, guys, that the Wisconsin game 
at Wisconsin will be a 7.30 p.m. kickoff up in Madison. So at least that one's out there. And we know the Michigan game will be a noon kick. Uh, we do. We know the Michigan State game is going to be an evening kickoff mm-hmm. uh, in Columbus. But uh, that's all we know for the rest of the season. All right, Jeff. Uh, I'm looking at the weather uh, on Saturday. 58, partly sunny. Uh, so that that right now that could change, obviously. But uh, you know that that's a uh, you know something that always affects a game. Another thing that affects a game is what you said earlier, the coaching matchup, right? This is Ryan Day against James Franklin, and James Franklin, I'm with you. He has cost uh, Penn State some big games with his decision-making or his uh, his game plan. Do you think he's gotten any better, and does talent make him better, even though we, we question some of his, his motives, decisions, and moves, or no? Well, you know, when Ohio State uh, last lost to them over in State College, I want to say it was 2017 or maybe 2018. Maybe it was earlier than that, maybe uh, before then. But James Franklin was on the hot seat at that point. And that win there saved his rear end for the rest of uh, however long he's been there since that point in time. Um, I don't think he's an exceptional coach by any stretch. uh, But I think that he has assembled his best football team that he's had since he's been there. And uh, got a pretty good quarterback, though it's a first-year starter in Drew Aller, the kid from Ohio, uh, that's over there coaching or uh, running their offense. Let me share something with you guys that I don't think a whole lot of people have taken a look at. Uh, Penn State this season has played six games, just like Ohio State. Uh, Four of them have been at home. Two of them have been on the road. They have played absolutely nobody. Uh, West Virginia, Delaware, Illinois, Iowa, Northwestern, and Massachusetts, and they had a bye in there in between. Drew Aller passing at home in Happy Valley is 71% completions, 11 touchdown passes. Drew Aller on the road, two games at Northwestern and at Illinois. We wouldn't call those places um, hostile environments by any stretch. 52% completions. One touchdown pass on the road. He is going to have a rude awakening when he comes to Ohio Stadium. Yeah, and it's a homecoming for him. He went to my son's high school and where I live now, Medina High School, and is having an an outstanding year. Like you said, if you look at the numbers overall, right, 1,333 total offensive yards, 15 total touchdowns. He is a running threat more so than than McCord is. Uh, The battle of these quarterbacks, it's going to be an interesting one, Jeff. And does it come down to mistakes and turnovers in in this game as to which team makes the fewest turnovers will win this game or no? Absolutely. I think that that is, uh, you know, some say that's a cliche, but in big games like this, it absolutely drives the the win of the game. you got to win the turnover battle. There's no question about that. And you go back and look at some of these great games between Ohio State and Penn State. You know, we've had a couple of pick sixes against them. Uh, they yeah. had a blocked kick against us that turned into a win for them. You know, special teams and turning the ball over are going to be important in this game uh, because I think it's going to come down to the last minute or two uh, just because I think these are two exceptional football teams. And I think it's going to be the – could be the game of the year in all of college football. I think it's going to be really special. Jeff, I like you. When I watch a team like Purdue, I don't get a lot out of it. It may be an extended practice where we get to go suit up and hit the other opponent, which is nice for a change. You look at this defense, one of the things they said, and I agree with you as well in the fact that I think it was a lousy broadcast, but the one thing that they said was the Jim Knowles defense is a bend-but-don't-break defense. 
Would you like to see him be a little bit more solid on defense, or do you like what you see right now? Well, I think he's he's dialing up the pressure um, kind of in, in, in measurements. I think he's he's brought it a little bit more each week, and I thought it was evidence this week they brought it a little bit more. But you can't argue with the success. You can't argue with the fact that Ohio State is number one in the country defensively in, not a, in, in allowing uh, the fewest plays of 30 yards or more. So nobody is taking the top off of this defense so mm-hmm. far. And I think a lot of that is because they are measuring how much pressure they're putting on these quarterbacks. So, you know, we got our defensive ends involved a little bit more this week. And the job by Tyreek Williams in the middle, you know, mm-hmm. big old 52 with that jelly belly of his was in there knocking passes down, making sacks. I mean, that guy is a first-round draft pick if I've ever seen one. And uh, I think this is a, a defense that has improved dramatically uh, from last season to this season. The other thing that made me feel good about the Ohio State win and the way they've been playing is watching Notre Dame do what they did to USC. Should that come into play at all? I mean, Notre Dame finally looked like a legitimate contender on Saturday night. Yeah, it was huge. I was, uh, God, I hate to cheer for Notre Dame, but I, me too. I had no choice but to, you know, because that makes our win look even that much better mm-hmm. after their awful loss down at Louisville. So, um, you know, I, I, again, uh, you can't control what other teams do, but that was a great performance, I thought, uh, by uh, Notre Dame. And it also may have protected that uh, second Heisman trophy that Archie Griffin is the only two-time winner of the Heisman because I thought Caleb Williams peed right down his leg. Yeah, I I agree with you. And you know what else it did? It may have also protected um, uh, the head coach's job for another year, too, uh, after a big victory like that uh, with some of the mistakes Marcus Freeman uh, has made already this year. So um, good for the Buckeyes. Yeah, I I hate Notre Dame, too. I I grew up uh, raised in a Catholic household, Jeff, having to watch them Sunday morning on tape delay and hear Lindsey Nelson in his plaid jackets uh, saying how great Notre Dame was, right? So anytime they lose i'm all for that so uh but i'm happy that they got that victory for the buckeyes hey jeff we always appreciate your insight uh uh, you uh, have a unique perspective having been there played it and you're still around it thanks so much enjoy the game this week and we'll talk to you hopefully after a victory next monday all right let's hope that's the case uh good to be with you guys and hello to everybody up in stark county week number 10 in high school football let's get after it and get into the playoffs right absolutely good luck to your vikings against their arch rival jackson this week jeff Die away. Go get them, Bear, or go get them, Vikings. Beat the Bears.